from the hip. Welcome, everyone, to From the Hip, Season 2, Episode 12. My name is Robert Walker, and I'm here t- this afternoon with Adam Mabe. How's it going, Adam? Good, Robert. How you doing, man? Doing pretty well. We have VBS, Vacation Bible School, next next week, so that's pretty much what I'm gearing up for and focus on right now. Yeah, so. yeah, and it's, I mean, it's consuming the church, because oh, yes. even <laughs> the room that we come and often record in uh, is overrun with animal decorations and uh all kinds of things but they look great though so uh excited to to see how it all uh turns out next week for sure so today we're going to be having a slightly more mature content discussion um Uh, we're not going to go into any sort of detail but if you do listen to this with your kids i don't know if anyone does that but if you do uh this would be a good episode for you to listen to first and then if you think it's something you'd like for your children to listen to you can listen to with them and discuss um just wanted to give that disclaimer going into it um so yeah so uh, a little while ago we talked about a video russell moore did yeah uh, who's the president to the ethics and religious liberty commission is southern baptist convention yep i remember that um so he recently released a video earlier this week on polyamory which if you're not familiar with that um a, de- a definition of that is someone who engages in multiple sexual slash romantic relationships simultaneously okay so it's not the same thing as polygamy which is multiple spouses it's kind of like open dating relationships so okay. someone can have three two three four multiple people there romantically dating and engaging in sexual intimacy with simultaneously. And it's all known. It's not like they're hidden. Everybody's on board. Everybody's okay with that. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, so we're not going to talk too much about biblical, why this is wrong. Um, we're going to have a link to his video in the description of the podcast. He talks a bit about it. He does a very good job, much better than I could. Um, but one of the reasons he does these videos is he wants Christians to be informed about shifts in our culture, both moral, ethical, as well as trends, but specifically focusing on ethical and moral transitions that our culture is going through. Um, so my question for you, Adam, first one is, I, uh, should Christians, especially parents, but Christians in general, should they strive to be informed about cultural shifts? And if so, Why? Or why not? Uh, yes, I, I definitely think they should strive to be informed. Um, but with so many other things, uh, if if great care and discernment is not taken, mm-hmm. this can be a slippery slope, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, I can, and in fact, as a as a high schooler, I did this. I would mm-hmm. I would go home. I wasn't allowed to watch MTV. Uh, and and rightfully so. So, mom, if you're listening, I'm confessing to you right now. I watched MTV all the time, <laughs> and my mom was wise to not to to make that a rule in my house because there's just all kinds of filth. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would I would disobey and dishonor my parents by watching MTV, and my justification uh, as as poor of a justification as this was, mm-hmm. my justification was I, I I'm a Christian. I need to know how to relevantly talk with my unbelieving friends mm-hmm. and and if I'm going to do that I need to know I need to know what's out there. Uh 
so so that was the justification I used. Um, now obviously that, that turned into sin and that wasn't actually my justification. The reason is I wanted to watch MTV. Like I, Mm -hmm. you know, my friends were doing it. It was the cool thing to do. That was when they still played music videos. I wanted to watch MTV. And so me wanting to be knowledgeable of what was out there so that I could, uh, talk to my unbelieving friends that really didn't have anything to do with it. Um, so that was a sin, sinful issue, sin issue in my own in my own heart, and disobeying my parents like that. Uh, so that's an example of a slippery slope. Um, and and even though my motives weren't really to be aware of what was out in the world, even if those are your true motives, um, sin is is deceiving. The world mm-hmm. is deceiving, um, and and it promises a lot of pleasure and a lot of fulfillment that. W- We'll never make good on those promises, uh, and and we, um, you mentioned I think even even last week when we were talking about patriotism, uh, take heed lest you fall. Right? I mean, we always have to be on guard um, about the allure of sin in the world, uh, and so yes, I think we ought to be um, aware of out of what's out in the world. Uh, but we need to take great care, and thankfully now uh, there are a number of resources that we can we can access um, mm-hmm. because uh, Christians have been made aware that they need to know these things. How can we help Christians be aware of these things, but not uh, subject them to the filth that's out in the yeah. world? And so there's a number of websites I can I can shout those out um, here in a bit, but there are resources that we can mm-hmm. we can. Uh, reach out to to help us be aware of those things without participating in those things. So really helpful. I like that a lot. I, that's interesting because I actually hadn't thought of it initially from the perspective of youth aren't kids per se, but minors who are Christians being engaged with the culture. I was thinking more of parents seeking to know where culture is headed, but that's a good point for all of us, but especially um, for those in high school and maybe parents teaching their kids how to properly engage with the culture. Cause the tricky thing is all of it's tainted by sin and there's no safe, fully safe way to engage with our culture and learn about the trends of sexual ethics without getting some of that dirt on you. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so that's really interesting. Um, I liked your point about better engaging with the culture. Um, Something I've often observed before I worked here as the children's pastor, I worked at a factory assembling various electrical things. Um, And I would regularly have lunch with my coworkers. Most of them weren't safe. Some were. The owners were Christians, um, but a lot of my coworkers weren't. We would have very interesting discussions um, about questions that we would often talk about in our seminary classes, homosexuality, um, marriage, all these other things. And it intrigued me that a lot of the quote-unquote arguments I was hearing in seminary weren't the arguments that the people I was talking to were making, Mm. if that makes sense. Um, I see this a lot with abortion things where people say, how can you believe that the baby is not alive? Well, that hasn't been the argument, the go-to argument for abortion rights activists for decades. Right. Because with ultrasounds, there's no disputing that the baby is alive. They're disputing personhood. But Christians tend to be, because we insulate ourselves from the culture, we tend to be decades behind what people are actually talking about. And then when we try to engage with them, it creates a barrier. Um, So that's another reason I think it's very helpful is 
coming into the situation, actually knowing what lost people think as opposed to hearsay, if that makes sense. And, and I think going back to my MTV example, um, a, a wiser way would a wiser way and safer way, if that was really my motivation as a, as a Christian teenager in that moment, would have been what you just described. Go talk to my own peers. Mm-hmm. Um, it, going in, in I, was, I was in public school, um, certainly had lots of access to my own peers. I had friends in public school, unbelieving and believing friends. And uh, any one of them, I'm sure, would have been happy to have a conversation uh, you know, what, what's your favorite, you know, back then we didn't have iTunes or Spotify. We had CDs, um, even, uh, cassette tapes. Um, but Hey, what, what, what tape did you buy this weekend? You know, you got your allowance. What tape did you go buy this weekend? And that would have been a much and, and much more beneficial, much more fruitful conversation to have because I'm sitting right across from this person and I know this person, Mm -hmm. they're my friend. Uh, and, and I could have turned that conversation potentially into an opportunity to, to uh, share Christ with them. Um, whereas just mindlessly consuming the filth that was on MTV, which was what I was doing, had, had no fruit, bore no fruit in my life whatsoever. Well, let me correct that, bore bad fruit in my <laughs> life. Uh, so, so that's a much better and a much safer way is if you want to understand another culture, talk to members of that culture. Um, and, and we're getting off topic. I'm getting off topic a little bit, but teenagers and and youth students are certainly of a different culture than, than, Mm -hmm. uh, adults are. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, my second question, which we've kind of already touched on this, um, it sounds like we both agree that with caution, being discerning and sensitive to the how you do it, um, it's important to be informed. Um, so you've listed a couple general examples, but what are ways that Christians, parents, high schoolers can seek to be informed while at the same time being careful? Um, so I, I think talking to peers is, is probably the best way. Um, or, or if you're a parent, talking to the peers, your friends of your student, invite them into your home. Um, yeah. And, and what, a, what a way to, number one, uh, show them the love of Christ um, and just welcoming them, in, welcoming them into your home and, and uh, providing for them, giving them dinner, helping them or letting them uh, just spend time in your house for a while. I mean, all of those things are ways that we can love other people, be a good neighbor. Um, but you know, ask them, I mean, uh, what, what's a good movie you've seen lately? Uh, what, what's, what's a good song that just really impacted you lately? And, and I mean, they're going to love to tell you those things. I'm really convinced that students love to tell you those things. If you ask them about their likes and dislikes and ask them about themselves, uh, I think, Teenagers are going to really enjoy talking about those things. Um, more likely to someone else's parent than in, than their own parent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's probably the, the the biggest way. But there's also, I mean, there's a resource that I use frequently. Um, it's called uh, Center for Parent 
youth understanding. So the website is cpyu.org, and they have a great resource on there uh, that's just top tens. Um, so they have top ten movies in the theater, top ten movies that have been purchased, either the DVD or, or some streaming or online form, uh, top ten songs being played on the radio, top ten video games, um, top ten albums that have been purchased uh, during these weeks. And so you just get a good feel for, and, and these are, I mean, this kind of marketing is driven by teenagers. And so you get a good feel for uh, what teenagers and young people are viewing and listening to and reading and what video games they're playing. And it really gives us a peek into their life and in their culture. And then one of the things that I like to do, if I don't want to uh, take the time to listen to these songs, I can go to the top 10 radio list and just just do a search for the lyrics of these mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. And uh, parents, if if you want to help your student really understand the content of of a song, uh, print out the lyrics and walk through the lyrics with your student. And suddenly, without the music and without the up-tempo that just kind of gets them into the groove and gets them bobbing along and stuff, without that stuff, the the themes and the messages of the music just really pops off the page and really helps yeah. them understand the content and what they're consuming when they're listening to these Plus music. reading through it, I imagine reading through it with their parents sitting next yes. to them would be like, oh, moment. If it's yes. a certain type of song, it's like, oh, and this is awkward. And the intent is not yeah. to embarrass them of or shame not. them, yeah. but to just help them see past all of the production mm-hmm. and the... And the yeah instruments and music and the way the person sings and just look at the message that's being uh, given through this uh, through this song or um, w- whatever it is. Uh, it's just a really powerful tool. So CPYU is a resource I, I often um, go to uh, pluggedinonline.com. Um, there, there are several movies because of just personal convictions I, I won't go see, but I'll, I'll, sense that a lot of our students are going to see and and I want to be able to talk intelligently about it talk informed about it and so I'll go on this and I'll go on uh, plugged in online and, and they have great excellent movie reviews um, and it really breaks down all of the content and uh, major themes and I'll be able to talk intelligently about that film or about that television show uh, without having to have subjected myself to it. So there's just a couple of yeah. of resources that I've I think used. Those are really good. I think and you've kind of already, you've already touched on this, but I really think it's important um especially with younger kids even before they hit the teenage years to talk with our kids about what they're watching, about what they're listening to. Um, that doesn't mean you have to micromanage everything and have a list of approved and unapproved music and they can't deviate. Um, but if we want to have our kids be comfortable having these conversations, we need to start young. We need to yeah. start training them from day one. This is a safe space. When you have questions, when you have concerns, when you're not sure if something is glorifying to God, if, this, if you're not sure if this is the kind of music you should be listening to, we want us to be the first people they come to. Right. Um, we know they're going to go to their peers, but even the best peers do not have near the wisdom that hopefully their parents would have. Yeah. Um, so I think starting young and teaching our children how to talk with us about those things and making it normal, normalizing it, not making it a, we only do this when you've done something wrong, but just making it a part of the 
parenting relationship with our kids of this is part of what it means for us to be your parents. We talk about stuff. Um, did you have something you bring? Yeah, I was just going to mention, I mean, I mean, study after study, after study, after study has shown that a a student's loudest voice in their life is of their parents. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and ultimately as Christian parents and, and as you and I, as pastors, we want our students to default what does the Lord say about this? What what does the Lord think about this? But I would argue that second to that, we would want the the parents of our students to have such a presence in their lives that second to what does the Lord think about this, they would be asking, what would mom and dad think about this? Yeah. Um, and uh, so that, that gives us um, a lot of uh, encouragement to send our children out into the world, because if your children are believers, they too are called to be ambassadors, Mm -hmm. to send our children out into the world and even talk and engage with their peers about these things, hopefully knowing they're they're hearing our voice as their parents in their ear that uh, we've been, we know that this pleases the Lord or this doesn't please the Lord and be able to have those conversations with their with their peers and, and talking to your students instead of if you, if you hear, now I'm not saying there are some things that you just absolutely do not want to subject yourself or your students to that's, mm-hmm. but maybe our first knee jerk reaction. If, if we hear a questionable song on the radio shouldn't be to just shut it off and ignore it. But you know, is, is what that singer is desiring, is that a godly desire or is that an ungodly desire? And have a conversation yeah. about it. Um, is is the attitude that that uh, character in this TV show has toward her mom and dad, is is that something that you think would please the Lord or not? And then have a conversation about it. Um, I, I understand and I sympathize with the appeal of <laughs> kind of bubbling ourselves off and, and wanting to stay away from from uh, secular culture because there is so much filth, but uh, it's very difficult to be a good ambassador when you're, when you're mm-hmm. so sectioned off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so funny illustration for that. Um, I really like that phrase. It's hard to be an ambassador when you're so cut off. Um, so I grew up overseas as a missionary kid and where we grew up, they had different countries that would have embassies with ambassadors. Um, and all the other um, ambassadors, whether it was from France or whatever, um, I mean, there were rumors about them being arrogant and how they thought they were better. But they would take the time to learn Russian or the national language. Uh, the American ambassador was the only ambassador I knew for a fact that I heard people would talk about, well, he doesn't even take the time to learn our language. Mm. And that spoke, that created a barrier because they're like, you don't respect us. You won't even learn our language. Um, and in a similar way, I think sometimes Christians have this perspective that it's we can't have anything to do with secular culture because it'll make us dirty. And what that ends up doing is people think partially rightly, but partially maybe not, that we're judging them. And that creates a barrier for building relationships and witnessing with them to them. So I think that's really good. Um, bouncing off that, I think that my final how to be engaged in the culture, we've kind of already talked about this, is to build intentional relationships with lost people. Yeah. Um, not just to learn about the culture, primarily to witness and be a light in the darkness and to show them Christ's love, obviously. 
but just as a way of, and as we're doing that, being very intentional to hear, so was watching the news and this popped up. What do you think of that? Or yeah. was reading yeah. this. And so what are your thoughts on that? Um, because what it does is it creates a safe space. Um, and it also lets us actually hear what the quote unquote other side believes. Right. Um, because if you watch the news on any topic, you're not likely to get an accurate representation of the other side. So it's hard to know that. Um, so yeah, that's, um, those are my thoughts. Did you have any final how to thoughts or just, well, I I don't have another how to necessarily, but I think what you just said, uh, brings to mind a really, really important distinction of having intentional, uh, relationships with unbelievers. Intentional being the purpose of that relationship is to uh, communicate to them the hope of the gospel, right? And mm. it may may not happen in that first encounter with them. You may have to spend some time developing that relationship and earn their trust, earn a hearing before you, before you do that. Um, but to have an intentional relationship with someone, uh, a, another justification, and in, in my in my opinion, a poor justification of being so involved in the world is because people will often use the excuse, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm using a little word play here. Maybe I'm splitting hairs, but we have to be careful with the thought of Jesus hanging out with sinners. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not kicked back, you know, just having... Um, having insignificant conversations, mm-hmm. participating in the things that, that they're participating in. He's not hanging out in the same sense as you and me and Caleb and John Bright hung out last week when we went to go see a movie together. Yeah. He's, he's, he has intentional purposes for being with sinners, and that's a really important distinction to make. We are called to be around sinners and to be in the presence of sinners and to engage where they are, mm-hmm. where we can do it biblically and with a good conscience. However, uh, Jesus never did, and I don't believe Scripture ever calls us to just, quote-unquote, hang out with them um, just for the enjoyment of it or just mm-hmm. for uh, just because um, yeah. any any interaction, any relationship we have with non-believers, I think, and, and that doesn't mean we can't just spend time and enjoy someone's presence, yeah. Yeah. but we need to keep in the back of our minds and as our ultimate goal to earn their trust and earn their hearing so that uh, we can we can share the hope with them that we have. Somebody did that for us. Yeah. Um, any believer, somebody did that, took that time to build that relationship and do that for you. Uh, now it's on us to go do that for others intentionally and with purpose um, and not just uh, passively um, maintaining a, a hanging out relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, because I'm pretty sure I understand you, but just to make sure, it, it's not that you're saying that, well, you can't just have people over for dinner and just watch the Super Bowl and have a good time if they're lost because yeah. that's just hanging out. Well, what you're saying is, it has to be an intentional relationship where if you have had someone over 15 times and you've never once shared the gospel, that's a problem, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't want to put a number on it, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. but just general, like but, as a general rule, if the goal of your friendship isn't to share the gospel, something's wrong. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. I, I, would, I, would, I would agree to that. So I certainly don't believe it's, it's improper to have someone over for dinner where you never breach the topic of spiritual things. I, I think... That's perfectly acceptable, but eventually, if if we're being faithful ambassadors of Christ, our conversations, 
um, the, the direction of our relationship needs to move in a direction that says, you know, because when you, when you grow close to someone in a friendship, ultimately you're going to share some difficulty or hardship with one another. And, and I could say I would be a poor friend, in my opinion, if I had an unbelieving friend who was going through a very, very difficult time, and I didn't say, well, let me tell you about a time that I had a difficult mm-hmm. time and how my, my faith in Christ and his control over my life and my, my brothers and sisters in Christ at church, they helped me through that, and, and I want to be the same thing for you. Would you mind just letting me share with you how Christ got me through that. I, I think, and if that's conversation number 20, I'm, I, I think that's okay. Yeah. But if conversations one through 19 earned me the trust to be able to tell him those things mm-hmm. and he yeah. would listen, I think one through 19 were worth it because yeah. now 20, I can say, here's what Christ has done for me. He can do the same mm-hmm. for you. Uh, mm-hmm. Would you trust in him? Yeah. I think, I don't, I don't know if you use this word, but it's, it's there in what you're saying. It's about being intentional. It's about being actively waiting for the right time and seeking to make the right time when it's appropriate and not just a chill, well, eventually it'll just happen approach. Right. Right. So that's really good. Um, it's interesting you talked about the approach where people say, well, we just need to hang out with sinners because that's what Jesus did. I have heard that. I've actually heard a lot of the opposite, though. Um, I'll never forget, I was in an internship um, during seminary at the church we were members, and one of the um, other interns, we were having a discussion time with the pastors and he asked the question with the assumption of, so it's, he didn't say this, but the assumption was it's clearly inappropriate for me to have gay people in my home because it's dangerous for my children. Mm. So how do I tell them I can't have them in my home without being offensive? And that struck me really weird. I could understand where he was coming from to a certain degree but my first thought was, so do you have that approach with everyone? Do you have that approach if you have a brother or a sister who is sleeping with their significant other and they're not married? Do you not allow them in? Would you not have them over for dinner because they might taint your children? Um, I think sometimes in this kind of circles back to the where we tend to be so afraid and we tend to insulate ourselves from the world so much that sometimes we sabotage our witness because we don't know any lost people. Like yeah. if we don't – I cannot fathom how we could live in the world we live in and not know lost people. I'm not saying they should be our best friends per se, because we are, we're at church, we're a fellowship of faith, the body of Christ. That's our primary friendships and relationships, understandably, but to not know someone who's lost is just mind boggling to me. Um, so yeah. Did you have any closing thoughts about well, cultural engagement, how to, anything else we've talked about? You know, I mean, just circling around to the original issue of, of polyamory, um, there are these these major, major cultural shifts now. Mm. Like, there's minor cultural shifts in, you know, music preference and style and, and movies and things like that. Things that are kind of, in and of themselves, amoral, right? Mm-hmm. But... This cultural shift now, we're seeing so many that are moving further and further and further away uh, of, of biblical. Um, and it's it's still so important, I think, to, uh, to engage and confront those who hold these values with gentleness and love. Um, and and I, I fully sympathize with the temptation 
to to point fingers and you know yeah. center and stay away and um i think everybody to a degree is going to have some temptation like that uh to treat them as outcasts but um truth be told they're they're no different outside of christ than you and i were outside mm. of christ mm. uh they they are in need of a savior and they're searching desperately for something that's giving them joy and significance and peace um and they're they're on a path that leads to destruction and yeah. uh we just spoke through jude um uh, last night in crew and uh jude calls these jewish christians to uh snatch them out of the fire yeah. and and go with them with the message of hope and of christ and and God can use us rescued people to go and rescue others and snatch them out of the fire. And so gentleness, love, respect, mm-hmm. um, yeah. but that yeah. includes telling them the truth yeah. Uh, yeah. of their lostness. Yeah. I remember hearing this somewhere. I don't remember. So not plagiarizing or whatever. I'm not. This is not original to me, but I thought it was very well worded is is that ideas have consequences bad ideas have victims mm. and we need to understand that like you said there are certain trends in our society that are not just fads or preferences um, and we need to recognize them for what they are but we need to see beyond that and realize that at the core issue is people and their souls yeah. this isn't just about rules these rules are important they're good they're god's law but it's about people yeah um and if we forget that, then we're going to be judgmental and we're going to be aggressive and antagonistic towards those around us. So, yeah. So, yeah. Good. I think that was a good discussion. Yeah, me too. Um, we will be back next time and looking forward to it. Thank you, yeah. Adam. Thank you, Robert. Uh, let's. Uh, I'll do the count off oh, this yes. time and then we'll give a good hearty from the hip. You ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. From, from the, the hip. hip.